Hello and welcome to episode 92 of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. I'm your host, Jordan Prince, and I am once again writing solo today because of our conflicting schedules, but at least this time I had a proper moment to come and sit down in front of my computer with my microphone, and at least before we go away for the holidays, give you a proper audio experience. So as you can tell, my voice is nice and deep today. And that's because I'm probably catching a little cold. And don't worry. It's not Corona. We are extraordinarily careful. But yeah, you know, it's snowing and we are around all these little kids and stuff. So it, you know tends to happen that people get sick. Um, But, you know, like I said on the last episode when I was scurrying around my house with my phone up to my mouth, um, I did tell you that if we decide to take a break, that I would tell you that I wouldn't, we wouldn't just go away. So here is that fair warning. Um, Mo and I have had almost no time at all to communicate about the show. It's just it's the holidays. You know, it's a busy time. I have more work on my plate right now than I know what to do with. And I'm very thankful and happy for that. But it is one of those end of the year panics where you just don't know how you're going to manage everything. And although we love the podcast dearly, and I know I'm speaking for Mo here as well, we, we would never um, give up doing this show ever. Um, but we have to take a break. Uh, Mo is finishing lots of projects for different companies. I'm doing the same. It's just, uh, you know, my my mom wrote me and said, you know, there's just there's just nothing wrong with taking a break if you have to. And I think that's I think that's true. I you know, we, I thought about it over the past week or so and spoke about it uh, with some close confidants. And I believe that it'll probably be a little bit of a weight off our shoulders if we take a break. So I would just go ahead and announce it now that this will be our last episode for 2021, but we will be back, obviously, next month in the year 2022. Um, And I thought I would talk just a little bit, since this will be the last one before the major holidays, to talk a little bit about Christmas, a little bit about New Year, and just, you know, leave you with something nice and sweet and wholesome to, you know, keep in your back pocket until the next year rolls around. Um... You know, I don't remember the last time that I made any New Year's resolutions, but I guess, you know, I, I didn't think if I would want to do one for this year. So let me think for a second. If I were to have a New Year's resolution, I mean, I think probably something like balancing my, or, or getting better at time management might be a, a very boring New Year's resolution, but it could be something that might help me in the end. Um, We do plan next year at some point, you know, it could be late in the year, but we do plan next year to move from um, an apartment into a house, which is crazy. And I'm very thankful for that. And I'm pretty excited about it the more that I think about it, having a little bit more space, you know, in the house. And I guess a New Year's resolution would be to, you know, when you have a fresh start in general, it's probably good to come at it from the perspective of doing things a little differently. I I think in the apartment, it's possible that I tend to 
I don't know, let things get away from me a little bit. I, I like to consider myself a neat, clean person who likes things in a certain order, but I'm also a dude and I also get heavily distracted. So it could be that a New Year's resolution for the new house could be to, you know, there's a there's a good uh, rule of thumb if you take something out of somewhere that before you move to the next task, you put that thing back. Like when you take your jacket out of the closet, when you get home, you don't, you know, throw it on the bed, you put it back on the hanger in the closet. Or if you take a pen out of a drawer to write something down, you put the pen right back in the drawer. And I think that's a good rule. I don't imagine that anyone else in that house is going to follow that rule. (laughs) But at least if I do it, then that's like, you know, one fourth of the effort (laughs) being put down. Um, Probably being a little bit less, I don't know. The thing is, I I would love to say uh, that a New Year's resolution would be to be less stressed or to be less... um, uh, not like neurotic about things, but I don't know if stuff like that is possible to just control. It feels like such a part of my psyche to be a little neurotic and a little, not controlly, but, you know, stressed. Uh, I think it's just that time in my life and there's so many things going on and so many changes that I think anyone under that kind of pressure would feel stress. And what I, you know, what a good resolution would be, an actually good resolution for me would be to um, spend a little less time on my phone. It sounds so simple, but I got a lot of inspiration from Mo when I think about it, um, how he canceled everything this year. For those who don't know if this is your first time joining the show, it's a little bit unorthodox, um, but Mo is our, uh, my co-host and the, the producer of the show, and he... Um, did something pretty spectacular. You know, he's in his really early 20s. And for someone at that age, especially working in media, um, it's very impressive that he deleted all of his social media apps. He doesn't even use WhatsApp anymore, which I think I actually need to use WhatsApp because I don't talk to anybody any other way. Maybe I message, like, for example, with Mo, but I have maybe two or three people, two or three people I talk with on Uh, iMessage and the rest are all on WhatsApp. So I'm impressed that he could um, cut that out of his life. But he's deleted, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, everything. It's just unbelievable. And he also doesn't even have, what was it? There was like another thing he, we talked about that he took off his phone that I just couldn't believe he doesn't use at all. Something with music, maybe, I don't know. But anyway, maybe that's a good rule for me to think about for next year is to spend a little less time on my phone. I mean, a lot of my livelihood, you know, these days comes from entertaining um, people with this video content, like these TikTok videos that I make. And I think it's, you know, Bo Burnham has a great um, thought about this, which is that if you're going to try and make a living from creating something, make sure it's making something that you love making, that you love doing, and not doing something because, other, like only because other people want you to do it. Um, because then you're at the mercy of other people and it's less fun and it's more of a, what, not a job, but more of a, I don't even want to say the word like a slavery, but it's more of like you're at the, you're at the mercy of other people, which is very, it's much more stressful and, and way more toxic and we're more likely to be, um, what is the word I'm looking for? I'm so out of it these days. Um, it's more problematic and, and, and scary. And, um, when you have less control over what you do, 
then, you know, where's the, what's the point of even starting it, you know, and, and giving yourself, giving your freedom up to people that you don't even know. Um, and I know that I butchered that quote, but he's full of really smart anecdotes like that. And, and he's really full of, he's, I can't believe he's 30 and he sounds like he's 60 sometimes, this Bo Burnham guy. It's crazy. But yeah, to, you know, I'm, I make a lot of these videos and I've talked about it a lot on the show this year. And these videos have gotten me some jobs, you know, like making these little videos got me jobs making an advertisement for a beer company. It got me into an affiliate program with a with a language learning company. You know, if people start a language learning trial with this company, then, um, you know, I get a percentage if they go through my link. Um, and it's really cool. I think it's really um, kind of amazing that that's the way the world works right now, that if I just make videos and I get enough of a following and uh, an, an attraction to these videos, then, you know, I can work with with businesses. And it's really amazing. And it got me, yeah, it even got me this third job, this this Toman job, which I've talked about, which, you know, for better or worse, whatever stress that's given me, it's still a paycheck that I didn't have before. And it is a job creating things and, and being a content creator. And that's something that I enjoy doing. So maybe I have to find a balance to schedule these recordings and schedule, have a better schedule for the amount of time I have on my phone. If that means saying, okay, Monday is a TikTok, Instagram, YouTube day, and I make like seven videos, then I have, you know, content for the rest of the week. And I don't have to sit there scrolling through my phone on a Tuesday at 5 p.m. to find a video to, you know, either stitch or duet or use the sound for to blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? I don't have to do it randomly when I feel like, oh no, I haven't posted anything in a few days. I have a few friends who who work like that, who make their living from creating content. And it feels like they're so painfully, it almost, it's like almost saddens me to see how addicted and, and absorbed they are into it. But it's getting to a point where I can't even judge anymore because it's so easy to do that and um to yeah like Bo Burnham says to be at the mercy of others and so that could be a good to to round this all back (laughs) it could be a good resolution for me to um to think a little bit more about how much time I spend on my phone to try and be a little less uh stressed about things like that so and I would be very curious what you guys have thought about for your own resolutions if you believe in that sort of thing and now let's talk, let me take a little swig of this water here, and we can talk a little bit about Krembus. Oh, Christmas. So, for those who already listened to my radio show, American Sunday, I'm in preparation currently for um, the final episode of that show for the end of the year, which will be Sunday, December 19th. That'll be the last show of the year, and then that show will come back on January Ninth, So there's like a two-week break, I think. And so what I've done is prepared a lot of things for that show, and I'm just going to kind of steal my own thoughts from that just to, to talk a little bit more freely, um, you know, without the time constraint uh, here um, about some of the Christmas topics. And so what I was thinking was, right, let me just look through this list here. So basically, I made a list of um, Christmas topics, things, memories, family, gift, food, things like that, movies. And first, I would I would say 
that um, one of my favorite Christmas memories, and this is something I've mentioned before um, on that radio show and I think on here before, but basically one of my favorite things that comes to mind when I think about Christmas is this special meal that my mom would make every year, every Christmas, no matter what. And now she makes it whenever we visit. It's like a, you know, it's like a special meal. It's for a special birthday or a special event. And so every Christmas, my mom would make this breakfast and it's so good and so famous in my family. And we love it. And now it's going to sound a little crazy to the rest of you, but bear with me. So if you like sweet and salty things together, then I think you're going to understand where this comes from. So mom would make these like buttery, salty, fluffy biscuits, which is like a a southern bread, like a bun. And then uh, with crunchy bacon and scrambled eggs and cheese, um, sometimes ham, slices of ham with it as well, like a big breakfast, you know. And the, the key ingredient, which makes it so special, and this might be the part that makes a few people act weird, is that she makes like a syrupy sauce, uh, like a gravy made of chocolate. So it's like a pourable, you know, you scoop it with this ladle and you can pour it out like a, like a sauce, like a tomato sauce, but it's chocolate. And you drizzle it. And now the, what you're supposed to, to, to do, and this is how some people can understand it, is if you drizzle this sweet rich chocolate sauce over this salty, buttery biscuit, then, you know, a lot of you people would go like, oh, that's just like a chocolate croissant. Exactly. It's like that. It's like a chocolate croissant. Or if you have a pretzel with a little butter and a little Nutella, it's like that. So you get this salty, sweet thing. But the thing that we would do, because you grow up with it and you get so used to it, is just mix it around the plate. So you have this like salty scrambled egg and salty, crunchy bacon, and the chocolate sauce just goes all around the plate. So it just had this smorgasbord of chocolate and eggs and salt and butter, and it's delicious. It's amazing. I love it. I love it. And that's one of my favorite, favorite things to think about with Christmas. And it's really a shame. Like, I I like Christmas in Germany, and I'll talk about it a bit more in a minute, but that's probably the number one thing I miss is not having the, the chocolate and biscuit breakfast. Um... I've had a version of that made for me uh, by Efi a couple of years ago, and I got to say it was really, 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 really good and really close to the source, if you know what I mean. But there's just something about Mama's old Southern cooking that just can't be beat. So this one's for, that one's for you, Mom. I, I think about that every year, especially when it starts to snow and get cold around here. I think, oh man, chocolate biscuit breakfast would be so good right now. Um, and I have this, you know, there's a few stories I always think about when it comes to Christmas time and some of them are good and some of them are not so good. Um, one in particular is a story that I really think has scarred, um, my family's memory forever, (laughs) which is probably, um, you know, every year when I was growing up around Christmas time, I think the weekend before Christmas, um, we would go up to Memphis and go to my grandma's house. And uh, when when my dad's parents were both alive, we would go to their house, and my dad has two sisters, so we'd go there with, with them. One of them, named Jennifer, would every year have, like, some new boyfriend, which was, like, the joke of the... <laughs> the, the joke of the event. And then the other sister, um, Julie, would have... has two kids. And her oldest daughter is exactly my brother's age. So they've been best friends since they were babies. 
and her son is almost exactly my age, so we've been friends since we grew up too. A little bit less close than Bruce and Bruce and Trisha, which is his sister, but Tyler and I, um, of course, adore each other, and whenever we um, get the chance to see each other, we always click really easily. And so, we, you know, we had this whole family get together at the grandparents' house, and this was every year. Well, one year I was in college, I guess I was probably 22, something like that, me and my friend Kyle and my friend Michelle uh, took my my red Honda Element, and my mom already knows where this is going, but we got in that car and we, st- we drove, we decided we were going to drive from New Orleans up to New York to visit our friend Chelsea for the holidays, just for a few days, and then come back down and meet my family in Memphis for the Christmas thing for a couple of days, and then drive back, obviously, to New Orleans. So we, you know discussed everything with our families, said this is what we want to do. Somehow they agreed to let us do it. And so we got in the car and we started making our path. So we made this path all the way up. Um, You know, we went to, um, I think we went through the Carolinas. We went to Philadelphia, went to New Jersey, went to New York eventually, got there after, you know, whatever, two days of driving or more. Got there, saw our friends, saw New York, had this great time, great food, um, really special time, you know, in college, you feel so free and alive to go to New York. It's a really cool thing to do. And then we were driving back down um, to be in Memphis, like on this particular schedule. And we had to drive through the, well, the GPS told us to drive through West Virginia. So it was late at night. It was Kyle's turn to drive. I was asleep in the passenger seat. Michelle was asleep in the back seat. And Kyle was driving. Now, I don't know if Kyle just simply lost control of the car or if he perhaps for a moment fell asleep. Um, I can't judge him either way. You know, it was a lot of driving and it could have been either one. But as far as I know, he just uh, simply lost control of the car because it was snowing so much. It was really like a blizzard in West Virginia. And Kyle, you know, he's from the south. He's from the swamps. He'd never driven through anything like that before. So Maybe he just wasn't, you know, comfortable doing it. And then maybe he was, you know, going too fast for his own good. Either way, it was an accident. And Kyle lost control of the car and the car um, rotated like once or twice and then hit the metal guardrails in the center of the interstate and just destroyed the front of the car. Just took out a headlight, part of the, I mean, it felt like he took off part of the engine, like a giant monster came and picked up the car and took a bite out of the front of it. It was just destroyed. We swerved and we hit it. And then, of course, Michelle and I woke up like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's going on? And we got out and Kyle, I remember Kyle got out of the car first to see what the damage was. And I'm sitting in the car and he gets out and I see him in front of the car with the headlights on him. And I hear him just go, oh, my God. (laughs) And that was when I knew that we were really screwed. So then, you know, I had to call my parents. It was late at night. They were asleep in Memphis. Had to tell them. Um, had an accident again because I was always having car accidents in high school and college. And, you know, they had to rent us a, a tow truck. And then we had to go to, to stay at some, you know, cheap hotel. And we and Kyle felt, you know, Kyle felt horrible. Mm. I felt bad for him too because, of course, he didn't mean to. And we got to this hotel and then Kyle's family offered to pay for the rental car. And so the funny thing is about this story is that the next day we slept in the hotel and we got this rental car and we had to, um, we had to 
first take a taxi. Sorry, we had to take a taxi first to the to the dump yard where my car was because we had our stuff in the car. We still had a couple of bags in there um, that we needed to put into the rental car to drive home. So we got into the car. We got into we rented this taxi, and it was the scariest, creepiest, strangest human being I've ever met in my life. This guy was like chain smoking cigarettes with the windows up. It was pouring snow outside. He was super fat and and I ate an ain't like this I never heard before in my whole life. I mean I now look now I'm from the south. I'm from the South, you know, when I, I've heard a bunch of accents, ain't nothing wrong with this southern accent. Sometimes they're kind of charming. But this fella around here, he himself, he actually, I can barely understand my style now when we're in West Virginia. And he was super creepy, and I, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, you know, you know, in the moment, you have more details because you're there, and you see it, and you tell your friends about it. But now it's been, you know, a decade or more since I've been in that car with that guy so of course things get fuzzy i just remember that he was really scary and we were kind of like is this guy gonna take us to the right location and finally we got to the car got our stuff and then got in the rental car and drove all the way we made it back down to memphis and ended up having a christmas meal with my family and whew, what a journey i felt bad for my mom on that one because she loved that honda element and boy i did too that was still i think today one that's still one of my favorite cars ever but yeah, I'll never forget. I'll never forget doing that. Um, you know, in thinking about Christmas gifts, I've had some pretty special ones over the years. But you know, when you're a kid, there's always a few that stick out as like the greatest gifts that you ever had. And for me, there's three that come to mind as like the greatest Christmas gifts ever. One of which was a Nintendo GameCube. I think that came out in 2002, so I probably got it in 2003 or four. And it was the uh, Nintendo GameCube that came with the game Super Mario Sunshine. And man, I was addicted. I loved the GameCube. I was renting, when you could go to Blockbuster and rent games, oh man. I was playing Super Smash Brothers and, oh man, there were so many games I can't even remember right now. But the Super Mario Sunshine was the best. I loved that game. And another really great gift, of course, was um, my first, you know, red electric guitar. Parents got me a guitar with a little amp, and I didn't play it for about a year, but then eventually I did, and I grew to love it. And the third one that always sticks out is this portable DVD player. They got me this cool, like, it looked like a mini laptop. You could open it up, and there was a little, maybe seven-inch screen, and a little, you know, compact casing for the DVD to go in. And that was the best gift ever. I was in high school. You could, you know, I could sneak it into school. If the teacher left the room, I would pop it out. I would bring like the Chappelle Show DVDs and play <laughs> like the Rick James, bitch. And I, I, I loved it. It was really cool. And, you know, I could watch anything I wanted. I mean, I think I got the DVD. I had a crazy DVD collection. I've always been like a movie freak. So I had this humongous hundreds and hundreds of DVD collection. Um, so I would watch everything at night, you know, I, I would like lay in my futon bed with it sitting on my chest plugged in and just watch movies on this tiny screen because it was like, oh, it's mine. It's my private screen. I can watch it however I want. And, uh, it was really cool. It was really, really cool. Um, and I'll give you a few song recommendations as well. Um, probably my f favorite all time Christmas song is from the Vince Guaraldi trio. 
Uh, it's called Christmas Time is Here. And a lot of you will recognize that as the Charlie Brown Christmas song. Another one is Nat King Cole's The Christmas Song, parentheses, Merry Christmas. And another favorite is Louis Armstrong and Benny Carter's Christmas in New Orleans, which, so for those who, again, you know the radio show American Sunday, I'm going to play these songs on the 19th. But those are just some recommendations if you want to hear some of my favorite Christmas songs ever. And, of course, favorite Christmas movies. Guys, we got to talk about Home Alone and Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. These are seriously my favorite Christmas movies. And there's something kind of magical about that that music, you know, the John Williams score. Uh, what's that? It's amazing. Um, there's actually a, like a newish Christmas movie from 2016 with Jason Bateman and TJ Miller. Office Christmas Party. It's so funny. If you haven't seen Office Christmas Party, and I think the German retitling is called Dirty Christmas Party or Dirty Office. I think it's Dirty Christmas Party. And the real American title, the original, is Office Christmas Party. But it's so funny. It's on Netflix, and it's great. It's about a company that obviously is struggling to make ends meet around the end of the year, and they have to close a very important deal. So, um, oh, Jennifer Aniston, of course, is in it too. She's one of the leads, and she's great in it. Um, and in order to you know save their company, they throw this party to convince a, a, a potential client to sign a deal, but everything goes crazy, everything goes wrong, and it's a, it's a really funny movie. And I love Jason Bateman, so I'll watch basically anything with him in it. Um, National Lampoon's Vacation, Scrooged is one of my favorites, Bill Murray, it's such a classic, and um, last but not least, one of my favorite Christmas traditions growing up was, first off, I think it's AMC or TNT, if they might even still do it, but to when they would show a nonstop uh, Godfather marathon, that was so cool growing up to sit there, and me and my dad would watch it like two or three times, you know, we would just pop in on the network and just catch it for 20 minutes or 30 minutes and then move on and then come back and catch more. And you could just watch it the whole day. And a lot of cool networks do these Christmas marathons. Like, I don't know if someone did like, I think IFC did The Shining and other people do um, the Christmas Story movie with the kid with the pellet gun. And yeah, it's great. Or it's a BB gun. Yeah. And they would show The Godfather on repeat. But my favorite like tradition from Christmas Day is that my family would always go see these Christmas matinees at the cinema. I didn't really understand how much I liked that as a, as a kid growing up, but now that I'm older, it's something I really, really, really enjoy and I even now really currently miss a lot going to the movies um, because of the pandemic and everything. But man, that that was such a milestone for me. It was such a part of my life. Um, that obviously set the tone for my obsession with with film and my, my encouragement to to study it and to want to work in that industry and stuff was to see like Christmas Day, like here's your big reward, open your gifts, and then at two o'clock we're going to go see blah, blah, blah movie at the Malco 10. And it was like, oh, yes, dude. And I remember seeing, oh, what was the Steve Martin one? Um, Cheaper by the Dozen, the movie where he has 12 kids. Um, I think, or even 13 or something like a, I'm not sure. 
And then um, I guess it's 12. It's a dozen. And then there was another one. This I remember a Sarah Jessica Parker movie. I think it was called The Family Stone. And I remember if this was the Christmas matinee, I'm pretty sure. We sat in the movies and um, the movie says um, GD a lot. And my parents or my dad specifically at the time was like, we cannot watch this movie. This is awful. And we left after like 11 minutes or something. It was because it was too vulgar. And I, I, I remember that. I was like, oh, but we came all the way to the movies. I don't want to leave now. <laughs> um, but yeah, too vulgar, you know, so we had to get out of there. But yeah, so I, I, I wish I remembered more of the movies we saw on Christmas. I think we even saw like, did I watch Avatar on Christmas Day? Something like that. Anyway, I love doing that, and I want to keep that tradition going. I love the movies, and uh, very thankful for those memories. And yeah, so basically, I'll, I'll just wrap it up here. I wanted to keep it around uh, around half an hour for you. So it was at least, so it was at least enough, you know, worth it enough to to have an episode to say goodbye with. It wasn't just some like five minute thing, but uh, so we wanted to say. Um, first off, thank you so much for this amazing year. Um, we've had, you know, some new followers, some new subscribers, some new downloads, and we're always thankful for every single person that clicks the show and shares the show and, and even just talks about it with a friend. Um, thank you for your messages. Thanks for all of our great guests this year. You know, Georgie Fisher, for example, we, ha- uh, you know, um, uh, Makul, um, let's see what was, let me just look really quick. Cause I'm, I'm just, um, kind of blanking real quick. Um, I want to thank, uh, Alyssa from our November 25th episode, uh, episode for writing in with her questions about moving, uh, to Germany. Oh yeah. Thank you to Anna Pascobolta, one of my favorite guests this year. Uh, thank you to, let me go back here and just make sure we're getting everything in. Yeah. My cool. Thank you very much. To Georgie Fisher, uh, thank you to Morgan Wood. Right, Morgan Wood was our guest back in April. That might have been the first. No, no, no. April we had Gagan Gopal. Thank you to Gagan. Um, that was an amazing episode. March we had Emma Holmes. So thankful, so thankful to have Emma Holmes. That was one of my favorite episodes. I guess yeah, that was the first one of the year. We started in January seventh of twenty twenty one with our fifty second episode. And here we are at the end of December with our 92nd episode. So we, we, we were able to pull off 40 episodes of the 52 weeks. So that's not too bad, I'd say. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this show. It's a passion project of mine that I'm very thankful that Mo has helped turn into a reality. I'm very thankful to M94.5 for making the show a reality for me. Even if it's just a couple of you out there listening, I love you and I'm very thankful that I get to do this and that you don't hate it. So (laughs) that means a lot. Um, I'm really looking forward to coming back with a better schedule and a better plan for next year, being able to bring you more video episodes, more special guests, more mini games and fun topics, and hopefully talking a bit more to people who write into the show about moving moving abroad and what that means and creative people. And yeah, the show has a lot of potential and I really can't wait to tap into it. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for everyone that's been there with us this year and since we've started. Um, It means a lot to me. And take care of yourself. Take care of others. Be kind. 
be thankful this year that, you know, if you're safe and you're healthy, you know, don't, um, don't take that for granted. A lot of people didn't make it out of this pandemic and it's still raging. So if you and your family are safe, be thankful for that and keep going strong. Um, share love with each other, be humble, be, be grateful. It's been a really hard year for a lot of people. And I think, you know, a lot of these listeners are, are people like me who are really blessed and lucky to have the friends and family that they have and, um, to be safe and alive. So, um, you know, give someone you love a great big hug and, um, thank you so much for listening. Um, Mo and I wish you a very, very Merry Christmas or whatever denominational holiday you may or may not be wanting to celebrate this year. Enjoy it. Enjoy the time. Enjoy this break and have a fantastic slide, as the Germans say, into your new year. We will be back in 2022 with much, much more. And yeah, be safe. We'll see you on the other side. Thank you. We love you. And goodbye. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.